0: What's up, Batty Bees? I'm Brianna, mom, wife, serial entrepreneur, and host of the Badass Basic Bitch podcast. Each week, I sit down with a seemingly ordinary woman who's doing extraordinary things, and I get to share her story with you. So let's go. Buckle up as we're going to get real and dive into the shit nobody talks about. Welcome to the Batty Bee
1: Club. And then I get down on myself because I'm like, you are wearing all white to the grocery store, your hair is curled, you have your kid on one hip and then your grocery list and it's all organized and color-coded and you get home and your refrigerator is like beautiful and then I have like a busted can of like some seltzer spilling out in mine. Like I'm comparing my life to this person whose job is to sell a lifestyle Welcome back to
0: another episode of Badass Basic Bitch. On today's episode, we have with us Catherine Defada, who lives and practices in Nashville. She is the founder of Three Chords Therapy and the podcast host of You Need Therapy. And today, we are going to be diving in and talking about how social media affects and impacts us as women and our body image and self-confidence. So Catherine, thank you for joining oh, us thank today. Thank you for
1: having me. I'm excited to be here, even on uh, an early Monday morning recording. Yeah. <laughs> with, yeah. with
0: daylight yep. savings time, it's miserable.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you did
0: great, girl. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> well i'm excited to have you it's funny because we we had this scheduled a couple times and each one of us was like i'm so sorry i'm so sorry and i'm just excited to to be here and finally meet you and when i come to nashville because me and my husband want to go to nashville um i'll let you know and we'll uh we'll we'll do a meetup or something but aside from that tell our uh tell the listeners a little bit more about you
1: so I am a therapist, a mental health therapist. You know, it's funny when I tell people I'm a therapist, they're like, what kind? And I'm like, oh, I guess that's a valid question, but I just never think, I'm yeah. like the one for your head. So <laughs> yeah, so I'm a, a therapist and I specialize in eating disorders and body image um, and all of that stuff. And then there's like an undertow of addiction work that I do as well and trauma um, but like the bread and the butter and like the passion that I have for um, a specific population was de- would definitely be women, all ages, because what we don't realize a lot of times is that uh, eating disorders and body image issues don't like discriminate discriminate against age, even though I think we sometimes think it's like a younger generation problem. But that's the group of people that I really love to work with and, and who I've spent a lot of my time um, continuing to learn and dive deeper into. So when you talk about social media and the effects it has on how we view ourselves, I mean, I could be here for a week talking about it. <laughs> Unfortunately. Yeah. yeah.
0: Unfortunately. So, something about me um, that I always share with my listeners is that I had an eating disorder of almost 20 years and it started around the age of seven. And it went any, I was obviously had lots of ups and downs because it wasn't bad for 20 years, but it, it came in and out um and it ranged from anorexia to bulimia to bulimorexia to at one time ednos they're like we no. don't know you're just ednos like you're just you just have something and i look back at it then of uh what were some of my triggers so sometimes when like you're not having any eating disorder thoughts or tendency see- tendencies and then something happens we call that a trigger where it's like triggering and it it sort of activates you into feeling and acting out a certain way. And when I look back at my triggers, like really rarely did it have to do with looking at a magazine and um, like how people would Photoshop, or we called it airbrushing because yeah, yeah. there wasn't really a real Photoshop. It was called airbrushing um, models in magazines. And I would think about... Oh my god, if I had what what we had today in the midst of my eating disorder which was extremely bad at some points and then I also had all of these triggers everywhere I went and it literally followed me on my phone at a fingertip, I don't think I would be here today. I would I would be dead. Like I would 100% be yeah. dead. And it makes me feel so sad for the younger generation and, and even the older generation that are still dealing with eating disorders, that this is a thing that they have with them everywhere.
1: I am glad that you bring that up even to to start with because, yeah, eating disorders and body image issues did not start with Instagram and, and social media and all on TikTok, but they're definitely not helped by it. And it's so interesting how much time I spend with clients now on um, like creating safety within their social media lives because I can't just say if you want recovery, you have to delete all these apps because that's how the world is working right now. Like, there's so much information and so much like the I get the news from Instagram, like I I I get well and Twitter and all those things, and and I like learn about like events and stuff. So it's not really an option. For a lot of people to just not have social media. But as you're talking, I also struggled with an eating disorder and it started generally more in college, but I didn't have Instagram until after I graduated college. And so I wonder, I think that I had a Twitter, but like back then, I don't know. I don't have Twitter anymore, but I think you could only have like so many characters and like people were just talking about like walking to class. Like it wasn't like anything special. I don't even know what- It was a tweet. Yeah, I don't know what I was was even looking at. Um, But uh, I, I wonder myself because even when I got Instagram, it was way different, what, 12 years ago than it is now. And like, if I scroll to the bottom of my like original Instagram page, all my pictures are in these weird filters. Like everything just looks- it's, But it's not the perfected picture that we see now. And so I wonder myself of like, oh my God, if I was also sitting here struggling and having to pull myself out of this like valley that I, I was stuck in and then also had, it's almost like these like gut punches coming left and right everywhere I go, I don't know what I would do either. And so I, that's one of the reasons that I like talking about this stuff so much. And I, uh, have a passion for creating a like real picture of what humans look like on my own page and I don't use filters in any of that because we don't think it's dangerous and it's killing people.
0: yeah, yeah and I think too it's um there's a couple there's a couple channels here. The first channel is the given the ability to use a filter on your own body and see yourself in a different light instead of finding appreciation for the way you actually look and present yourself to others. And so that's just at a fingertip. It's at a swipe of like, try this eye color, try this makeup. And I'm with you. I don't use any of those filters. Now, I'll be honest, there's been a couple of times when I've swiped and used that Paris thing. But like, but rarely, rarely do I even do that. Rarely.
1: I actually, this is... Uh, probably in the last couple of years, I've changed my the way I interact with this because you know how you can archive... Like If you go to the archives on your Instagram, you can look at old stories. Yeah. I think I was looking for a picture one day or a video or something. So I was scrolling through it and I remember stopping and being like, oh my gosh, I wish I looked like that still. Why don't I look like that? And it was only like maybe six months or a year ago. So like realistically, I hadn't changed much, but I had this... Experience of like, oh, I didn't appreciate what I looked like because man, I wish I my face looked like that or man. And then I'm like, wait a second. I have the Paris filter on. I have the wherever whatever the smooth face filter is. And so from that from that moment, I was like, I am not going to put this filter on my stories because it is messing with how I view myself. Where like I'm disappointed that I don't look like that, but I never looked like that. And if I never had that comparison, I don't think I would have even thought twice. I would have just been like, there's my face. And that's not worth it to me. It's not worth it for other people to see this fake image of what I look like for me then to have the possibility to then be disappointed and, and beat myself up about something that's not real.
0: Totally. Exactly. And so I'm, I'm with you because I had used it, you know, a couple times when I don't have any makeup on and I'm like, oh, I really want to talk about this, but like, Ugh. um, and then I made the same realization of, you know what, I just don't care. I don't, I care more about how I feel about myself and how I look at myself versus some people that I don't know and how they see my pores, because guess what, if anyone wants to make a comment about how I look, I'm going to be like, that's, you, that's within yourself. Like, that's not a me problem. That's a you problem. And I feel good about my choices because I would much rather be called out for like, wow, you look really tired than, God, you look so beautiful. And then you meet me in real person. And you're like,
1: ooh. <laughs> or they're just like, oh my gosh, you don't look what you look like on the, this screen. Like, I i don't want that comparison.
0: I went to an event this year and i won't say the name of the event cuz i cuz you can track down like who is there but i went to an event this year and there were probably 30 ish bloggers influencers there and my work part of my company i have a i have my own company and then i i help other companies scale and sell their companies ultimately and for my company i do influencer marketing sometimes. And so I work with brands and I pick influencers based on data, et cetera. And so I know like generally the influencers out there, especially if I've had um, a brand do work Mm -hmm. with them because I need to, I need to monitor their accounts and look for the success. Anyway, I go to the event and I'm looking around and I'm meeting people as if it were the first time I've ever seen these people. And then when I find out who they are, I'm like, holy shit.
1: Mm -hmm. What?
0: Yeah. You are the same person that I, what? Like you, not just, I'm not talking just a face filter. I'm talking body filter. Like I, there were some women, because it was a women's event. There were some women that I met, I literally could not recognize them because Now I know that they put themselves in a full body filter almost every single time or they Photoshop their photos or they do something and then they have heavy filter coverage on their faces every single time. And I'm telling you, I never would have been able to pick them out. Like I was shocked.
1: One, I would just be terrified being there and being like, well, I don't know who these people are. And like, I would feel like I'm going to not know who this person is and I might, I'm supposed to know. But also I'm sitting here thinking about like, Gosh, like if I was one of those influencers that felt like I needed to like transform my body to continue to be successful in whatever it was that is or I'm doing, that to me sounds so like miserable and lonely and sad. And so you're not, that can't feel good for yourself. And then also like, what is the message that we're sending to the people who are then following us about? Like, accept body acceptance and, and what bodies are appropriate and what bodies are not appropriate, if, if that was even a thing. And I asked somebody, um, I was talking to this woman called, her name is Nabiha Syed, and she has a, um, company that it's like a journalism. What would it, I don't exactly know what the, um, what she would tagline it as, but it's an investigative journalism company. And they look at a lot mm-hmm. of social media stuff. And I was, I asked her, I said, you know, I struggle myself getting sucked into the telling my story that I tell myself around Instagram is real, even though I know it's not real. Like I sometimes forget that and I can sometimes get down on myself. And I said, well, I don't understand. I, I haven't figured out why I can't remember that Instagram is not reality because what your experience that I'm hearing is you went to this event and you were like, Instagram is not reality. She said, you know, it, to me, it comes down to two things. It comes down to proximity and relatability. And the proximity thing is we can look at it whenever we want. Like before you were talking about like the magazines and stuff. Like when I was growing up, like I was body image issues that I saw on the comparison came from like TV commercials or magazines or whatever. And I can control more. Um, if I'm watching, uh, watching TV and if I'm opening up this, like Women's Health magazine or not, but every time you look open your phone and you could be following like a car mechanics Instagram influencer and if that's even a thing, I don't know why that's came to my head, but something it is actually it is completely (laughs) opposite of like anything to do with like lifestyle or wellness or any of that. Completely different, and you can still get sucked into their portrayal of what they look like because. You know, you're selling a, a picture. You're selling pictures, essentially. And so she said proximity, and she said, and then relatability. And a lot influencers, a lot of lifestyle influencers, their jobs are to make you feel like you can relate to them in a sense. Like celebrities, like I'm not relating to Kim Kardashian. I'm not relating to when I was younger, it was a Britney Spears and Christina Aguilera. I'm not relating to them. I'm looking at them being like, they are different than me. But now I open my phone and it's like this like mommy blogger or something. somebody is telling me that I can have the same life she can have and she's giving me tips to get there. And then I get down on myself because I'm like, you are wearing all white to the grocery store. Your hair is curled. You have your kid on one hip and then your grocery list and it's all organized and color coded. And you get home and your refrigerator is like beautiful. And then I have like, a busted can of like some seltzer spilling out in mine. Like I'm comparing my life to this person whose job is to sell a lifestyle. But in that they're telling us that they're relatable to us. And it's not that what they're doing is bad or wrong or their lifestyle is wrong or bad. It's that that's not my life. Like I actually can't relate to that. This is their job. Versus I'm a therapist and I have a podcast and I teach cycling classes. That's my job. So my job isn't to make a color-coded grocery list and get ready in the morning and take content photos. That's not my job. But then I get upset because I don't look like that or I can't do that. And I think that's one of the biggest issues now we're having is that we feel bad about ourselves because... I should be able to be like them, but I can't. And then I get upset because it feels like I'm failing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I completely agree. And I think being on the other side of influencer marketing, uh, because that's what a lot of influencers are. You're just a a marketing channel. That's what you are. You're a commercial. Ultimately, you're a very long commercial. (laughs) And I have been on the side of the brand side and I have been... Uh, running, you know, pretty big campaigns. And I'll tell you, people do not have it together. I have literally been in homes of influencers, and I won't name anybody, but where it is 100% about how do I portray the perfect life and the perfect situation. I've dealt with in the middle of campaigns, influencers separated, but still going on, pretending like they're married. I've had them close each other out of accounts and we need to post things. And we're like, what? She's like, well, I've called the cops. And like, these are people who who we think have, and then they go on the next week in like this perfect little harmony and like, I have been to Influencers House where um, very physically disciplining their children, but then online doing a very different approach. And I think it's really, and that's why I don't do it very much anymore. I only help the clients who I have worked with in the past. And I'm like, I'm not doing this anymore. I can't, I can't be a part of this it felt really dirty to me. I help clients that I've I've helped in the past and I help influencers who have helped in the past but um and that I enjoy working and helping but I just couldn't be a part of it because I was like I feel gross enabling this type of marketing yeah. and behavior. It's yeah. not healthy. Well,
1: and you know there's a part of me too that has so much empathy for the the person who's portraying that fake ideal because it's like where does that where does that need to do that and the feeling that This is the expectation on me come from. I think it's like we're in this like vicious cycle where like I bet they're at at night they're like what am I doing, but during the day they're like I have to do this, and so it becomes this vicious vicious cycle of at what point are we going to as a collective community of not just women of humans decide that like it's okay to be honest about who we are, like it's okay to be honest about what we look like. I get so much and feel so much freedom. Um, around other people who show up with this experience of it's okay to show up with how I look. It's okay to show up with the stuff I have. And I think part of me might feel that at a different level because I do that all day long. Like that's what I'm doing as my job is I'm sitting with people experiencing them at their like most valley moments and allowing them to feel like it's okay to be there. So I know I have a skewed perception, but one of the reasons I even started the podcast that I host called Uni Therapy is because I wanted to have the conversations that I was having with my clients. I wanted that to be a thing that we do all the time with people. And not in the sense of I'm gonna share my trauma with everybody I meet, but i I want to talk about like the insides of my heart more than I'm talking about like what lipstick I wore today that makes my lips look fuller like that's a fun conversation and I love that I'm so all about like it's okay to have fun with makeup and clothes and get your hair done a hundred percent but can we bring in more of who we are to more of our conversations because I think that's gonna be the thing that pulls us away from this need to continue to make. These other things, the forefront of our lives, when at the end of the day, that feels empty.
0: Yeah, I hear you. It's like finding the next level, the depths of the conversation. And I think that's the other thing is like, I am friends and work with a lot of influencers, and the level of conversation, for the most part, is so ground level. And when I look at my friends who are barely even on Instagram, it's like we are talking in such depth that I feel so connected to that person. And when you have those connections, those healthy in real life connections, the material stuff and the looks, it it doesn't seem to hold weight anymore into into your value. And I've been trying to do that better, honestly, because there definitely are times when I and looking online and being like, oh, I love that bag. Well, I can afford that bag. So I'm just going to go buy it. And it's like, what did I just spend four or $5,000 on? (laughs) Like fucking a leather, like pink bag. Like, and so I, this year I've actually been taking up the mindset of like, what do I want to be? and my husband asked me this, he's like, what's your goal? Like you have your podcast, you've got a lot, you're following, you're getting a lot of growth and you're following on Instagram. Like, what are you trying to be? Are you trying to be like an influencer? Are you trying? And I was like, no, I just, I, I thought it was a challenge and it was fun and I was doing it and I was good at it. And then this year I really uh, took a step back and said, what do I want to be? Okay. Well, I want to be I want to I want to take my company to the next level. And so what I have to do is I have to start thinking like a founder thinks. I have to act like a founder acts and I have to look at the lifestyle that I've I've gotten myself wrapped up in and say how do I weed that out? And so if that means like putting away all of the fancy bags and the fancy shoes and and focusing more on Raising funds and getting to the next level, like that's what I need to do. And I think like it's so easy to get wrapped up in who you follow because it is a marketing ploy. Yeah,
1: yeah, yes. And I I uh, love that you even asked or your husband even asked that question of like, what do I want to be? Who do I want to be? I I was having a conversation with a friend last week. I think it was Friday. And he brought up that, he just brought up a simple question, what do you want? He was like, we have to start with this question of what do I want? Because all of our behavior needs to come from that spot. And a lot of times our behavior is in exact contrast of what we want, but we don't, I don't know why we don't ask ourselves that question. And what I'm coming to is I feel like the world tells us like what we want. So you have that pink leather bag and you're like, I didn't even fucking want this purse. And I spent this money on it. I have so many clothes. I have so much stuff with tags on it in my closet that I bought from an Instagram ad or like something that I saw an influencer or somebody have. And I'm like, I want that. And then I get it. And I'm like, this is like not my style at all. And I don't like what it looks like on me. And I also have nowhere to wear this. So (laughs) I have so much of that. And it's like, okay, when I purchased that, what did I want? What was it that I wanted in that moment? And it wasn't that item, I don't think. I don't think it's the item. I think it's like the underneath of what that item is promising me. And if you look at any kind of marketing, I'm sure you know so much about this, but if you like look at like, I mean, even toothpaste marketing, like you'll see the pictures are of people smiling and having fun and like tampon marketing. Everybody's like running and like smiling and with their family and so happy. And it's like, I don't want the box of tampons I don't really want that toothpaste. I don't really care what toothpaste I use. I want the lifestyle that they're portraying. Or the feeling that I think comes with it. With that. So I want, the, I want to feel love. I want to look like I like myself. I want to, that's what I want. And when I saw this, I'm making the story up, but when I saw this ad with this girl holding this bag, she looked like she was like a professional and she was like proud of herself and she was confident. I want that. So I'm going to buy that. And that's why I have these things in my closet that actually don't make me feel that way. Because what I want is to wear a Nike sweatshirt, gold hoops, and put like tinted moisturizer on my face and walk out the door. Like that's what I want. Like about like what I'm wearing, Uh, and I can feel the things that the person in the ad with the clothes that I have that I don't actually want to wear. I can have those feelings without having that look. And I think we get really confused. So I love that you have that like whole idea of like what do I want to be well, how do I, what do I want to feel when I walk out of my house to go to work? We have to ask ourselves those questions and stop letting other people tell us what that is.
0: I think the second part to that is me personally, and I, I'm very honest and transparent. Um, and like me personally, it's like when I, when I purchase that bag, it's that, not just that I wanted to feel that way, but I want other people to look at me that way. Oh, yeah. And I think that's where I took the step back of like, what does it matter if people know that my company's making a shit ton of money or not? Like, what does it matter? Why do I need that validation? Well, I need it because of lots of childhood trauma and insecurities and that I am still like working through um but at the end of the day like I am self-aware of it and I am making changes towards that to say I don't need a $5000 bag to show people that I'm successful like I am just going to be successful and I'd rather be successful than people think I'm successful and I think that's like the second part that we that we need to take a step back and not just say why did I get this to make me feel but did I also do this because I want other people to notice.
1: You know, I uh was doing some research a couple months ago and found I wish I remember where this article came from because I want to give it credit but I don't remember. But it was this article about success and it was asking people Like, what do you think success is? How do you categorize it? And then what do you think other people think it is? And this is just like fascinating in the most simplest way that 90% of the people they polled said that they thought other people thought success was like financial gain. And then when they themselves defined success, out of all those people, only 10% actually said that. So we are all, and I do that too, 100%. I do that too. Like, I definitely, I've never been, well, I think, well, in my adult life, I've never been one to like, want like a fancy name brand, like logoed something, but I want to have nice things. Like, and I want to look like I have nice things. Like I do, I, I can definitely attest to that. But what's so interesting is that like, we are out here trying to prove to people we're successful through looking like we have money in the simplest term. But in reality, only 10% of the people actually care about that. So if 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 we have that conversation about like, we need to care more about ourselves um, versus what other people think, that's a whole conversation 100%. But the other thing in that is we're only... Letting the other people that we're living our lives for, it's only 10%. We think we're doing it to everybody. It's only 10% of people care. So that to me was mind blowing. I'm like, oh, that automatically gives me permission to be like, I'm not doing this because these people that I'm trying yeah. to impress don't actually even care. <laughs> yeah,
0: it really comes from within. Mm-hmm. It's rarely an external thing. Um, my kids go to school in a pretty, what's the right word? well off area for school. It's they go to public school, but there's a lot of money and wealth here. And it, it, not just on social media, but when when as a mom that goes to these mom outings and it's like everybody's talking about that's the only thing we talk about. Like I'm like part of me wants to be like, shut up. Uh-huh. Like I don't care that you love the Ritz-Carlton in blah, blah, blah. When I asked you a very simple question that had nothing to do about the Ritz-Carlton. <laughs> and I have, I struggle with that because I just come from an upbringing where I had a single mom of five and we could. We could barely afford food at times. And um, in order for me to play sports, someone else had to pay. Coaches had to pay. And so it's just so hard sometimes to like hear that these are the problems that we have of like, you didn't get upgraded the right way when you went to Seaside, whatever it's called in Florida, and you're bitching for a half an hour and I have to listen to it. And I'm like, I don't care. (laughs) But I also feel like that's on Instagram. Like there's stuff... I I do think that type of conversation, that type of highlight is driven from Instagram because you have 15 seconds to tell a story, to get a point across, to get people to go to the next slide. And every single 15 second increment has to be filled with exactly what you want to say. And it has to be like catchy. And so like... It's just, we get straight to the point of what we actually want to say instead of having a back and forth conversation. It's like two people are talking at each other, but they're not connecting and making conversation. They just keep saying random things back and forth to
1: each other. Yeah, because we're so worried about what we're, how we're being presented and what that's, I mean, you can go back to like, I was talking about this with the other day with a friend too. I am so bad with remembering people's names because... I get so anxious about how I'm presenting myself to somebody for the first time that I'm not thinking about the name they're telling me. I'm thinking about what I'm going to say to them. And I mean, that's kind of what you're talking about too. It's like, we are so in our heads about how people are perceiving us that we don't even perceive the other person. We're we're not even making the judgments that we're afraid people are going to make about us because we're so in our own heads about everything. And I don't know the solution to that. Like, I really don't know the solution because I think that's going to take a whole like culture and societal shift. But I think one of the reasons if we if we just bring this all the way back to like body image issues, we create our own problems like we have created our own problems and we then become part of a system that continues to create our own problems. However, we created these problems so we can like deconstruct them. What I do know it's going to take is it's going to take a couple really brave people. And I'm seeing that. I do see that. Like we're talking about Instagram. We're talking about social media. There are some real pioneers out there that are are doing awesome work um, that have made it their job to do. It's I haven't made it my job to do that. Even though I try to present myself in that way on social media, they've made it their job to spearhead this movement. And I'm so grateful. But it's going to take people being attracted to that Versus attracted to the very curated perfect thing. And they have to gain momentum. We're climbing, like it's a total uphill, like bloodbath battle. I do think it's possible, but we have got to take the time to like sit in the discomfort of, hey, somebody might perceive me a way that I don't want them to. And I think that's going to be okay because I'm going to practice like showing up real. Hey, I might not have the right thing to say uh in the right way to this person i'm talking to and that's okay if i fumble over my words like that's okay it's okay yeah yeah do you have ever have experiences where people tell you whether it's online or in person like oh you're so well spoken or you're so whatever or you're just compliments about how you um sound because you have a podcast and people listen to that
0: yeah yeah definitely absolutely so
1: yeah. So I have a couple, I've gotten a couple people that have told me, you're such a good speaker. And I'm like, what? <laughs> what? That's the last Same. thing that Same. I would ever say I'm really good at is speaking. Do I like to speak? Totally. Would I speak all day long if I could for my job? Yes. But I'm not a trained speaker. I say, um, I say like, I have filler sentences, filler. I will go on tangents. Like, I I would not consider myself a um expert in public speaking of any sort. And so I get these comments all the time and I'm like, oh yeah, thank you. I was like, but I always make it a point to say, I just want you to know that that podcast is edited. And if you would get the raw footage of the podcast, you might still think what I had to say was important and good and valuable. But you also would have some judgments in there about like, God, that's annoying when she says that all the time. And so I make it a point to say that because I think that people get a a misconception of even little things like that. And then they're like, well, I could never sound like that on a podcast. And I'm like, yeah, you can. Like, yes, you you can cut out the ums. That's what I've done. So you can listen to it easier. And like, yeah, maybe we shouldn't edit our podcast as much. I think some of that comes down to like, time and we have to cut things out eventually. But it's just so interesting looking at all the ways we curate our lives, not just our bodies or our faces or our hair color. It's like we do it with a lot of things.
0: Yeah. I will say though, individually, for me, my podcast has been one of the best things for me to just... Because I talk very openly about almost everything A part of my life. And when I'm in the real, the real world, I don't act differently. And I am like the other day, I was at a lunch with 20 other women. And I normally would have never said this, but they were talking about like eating disorder stuff and body image and and how do we educate our children to make healthier choices without shaming them, without body shaming and like all that. And I just openly said like, well, you know, I had this eating disorder, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, and I just said it so nonchalantly. And I'm like, wow, I never would have said that if I didn't have my podcast. I probably just would have sat there quietly and listened and been like, yeah, you guys are all, that's that's terrible advice. Like, don't do that to a child. Like, oh my God, please don't say that. But like... I think that's like the one thing that's really brought me and and had me become more grounded was, having a podcast where I just openly talk about myself and issues like real life issues. And I've oh, bring, yeah. I'm bringing that into my everyday, but I agree with you. There's definitely parts where I'm in the middle of it. I'm like, okay, nope. I didn't like that. Can you
1: edit that? No, I'm say that <laughs> over. Like I say things over. Yeah. I totally <laughs> uh, align with that. Like, I think, you know, there's certain, um, people on Instagram that I have, um, I used to follow and then I found out like, or even podcasts I've listened to, and then you find out when you meet them in person, like it's that going back to the beginning of this conversation, they're completely different, and it feels very jarring and like sad and disappointing, and I feel very uncomfortable in that. And so, a hundred percent on on my podcasts too, I have to toe a line of like professionalism because I have clients and and people that listen to the podcast, so I'm not going to talk about my dating life or stuff like that in in detail. If I didn't if I didn't do what I did. But I wonder, I wonder for you of like having those conversations, especially because we didn't know each other before we did this. So it's not like we're having this deep conversation about like things or we're being vulnerable around things with people that we know deeply and we've automatically already feel super safe with. You're having conversations with people that you can from a distance somewhat tell. That seems like a safe person that I would want to invite into a conversation, but we don't have that groundwork. And so you're practicing what it's like to show up and be vulnerable. And then you're putting it out to the world and you get some feedback. That's awesome. And then you get some feedback. That's like, Oh, I could have gone without that email, but, uh, anyway, I'm just glad somebody's listening to the podcast. So, so you have both of those things, but every time you experience either of those, it makes it easier and it gives you more data to push against the, what we're trying to push against to show up in real life and say, hey, like, let me share with you my experience because we've already started to like pull back that shame, like veil that a lot of people walk through life wearing. So, Right,
0: exactly. I think a lot of people recognize this is an issue. How do we move past it, at least individually, knowing that there's going to be a need for a much bigger movement? I think for me my podcast has helped me significantly to the exact points that you just said. You're somebody who I am just making the assumption that you're safe. We're talking about vulnerable, deep things. And I, it's like a form of therapy. Like I do this once a week, sometimes more, and I practice it. And then when I'm out in the real world, with people here physically, I feel really comfortable and confident with myself and my story. And that's helped me tremendously. Yeah. Now, not everyone's going to go start a podcast. By the way, starting a podcast is very hard. <laughs> Most people are like, oh my gosh, I just have to like show up and record. And it's like, actually, no, it's very difficult. Work. It's very tight. Yeah. It's a lot of work. There's a lot of time consuming. What are some things that people can do on their social media platforms to help themselves individually. Yeah.
1: So I think of all of this like any kind of like change we're trying to create in our emotional or mental well-being, it's like think of it as like we're building muscles just like you would if you wanted to go to the gym and get stronger or, or learn how to do a pull-up or something. You have to work that that those muscles. You have to continuously and consistently, not perfectly, work those muscles. So the first question I would ask is go back to how we were saying like what do I want? What do I want that I, I feel like I'm so far from, or what do I want to not be that I feel like I'm so close to? So identify that, and then okay, I want to I want to clean up how I'm presenting myself on social media, or I want to uh, clean up how I'm presenting myself. And when I say clean up, I mean like bring it more onto the real, authentic, more probably like messy side. But in a um, kind of using that backwards, but I would first. Look at easy filters. Am I every time I get on a story, am I swiping and putting that filter on? Try it one time, post something without it. It might be very uncomfortable, and you might have those feelings like, oh my gosh, somebody's gonna see that, or this this guy or this girl that I really like just saw my story and I didn't look cute and blah, blah, It might be super uncomfortable. But guess what? So is the first time when you walk into a gym and you get on the treadmill and you try to run for 30 seconds it's uncomfortable but if you continue to do that you're going to be like oh i can run for a minute oh i can run for 5 minutes oh i can run a mile and so it's that same thing as we have to work these muscles where now in my head doesn't even cross my mind to swipe and and put a filter on my face so i think starting with little baby things like that but treating them as big deals cuz in a world where everybody else is smoothing their face out Uh, That can be pretty hard to be the person that's not. So that's on one side for you. The other side is like, it's okay to like unfollow and mute people as well. And I did this thing in um, October. I went through something that like felt icky and I just was like, I need to like a little bit of a a refresh here. So I, on my Instagram, unfollowed every single person. So I went down, it took a really long time (laughs) because you can only unfollow so many people at a time. And so yeah. I had to keep like logging off of Instagram, getting back. anyway, unfollowed everybody. And I, I wanted to see if I continue to show up how I just want to show up. Post what I want to post, say what I want to say, not knowing what anybody else is doing. I'm not comparing it to what anybody else is doing. What's gonna happen? And so I had zero followers for a month and um this was like a really fun experience experiment for me. And in it I learned like it is so weird. That we have so much access to everybody else's in quotes life. And that's not a normal thing. So I realized through that is like, I want to have access to like certain friends and I want to have access to certain people who are teaching me things that I want to learn about. Or like, I want to have access to like when certain podcasts that I like come out and stuff like that. But I don't want to have access to how much stuff I have access to. It's too much information for my brain to be able to figure out what I want inside of. There's too many opinions, too many thoughts, too many different styles, too too much. So I now have slowly, since October, started to follow back people. And it's so awkward because I'll like... A friend will message me something and I'll be like, oh, shoot, I don't follow them. So I'll follow them. And they'll be like, you didn't follow me. And I'm like, oh, I did this thing. And I feel like I have to explain myself. But in the reality, it shouldn't be weird. It should not. Yeah. They're like, wait, you used to follow yes. me, but you unfollowed yes. me. But now
0: you want to follow me again. Yes. Why? <laughs> I'm like, oh,
1: I wish that this, this the whole, I think what we have to realize is the world that we're living in is so weird. Like this is so weird that I would be offended that this person or their mental health didn't want to look at my life 24 seven. Like that's not offensive. Right. That's just, they're taking care of themselves. And so this point this idea of like, we don't have to take everything personally because we don't have enough information to do that. Like nobody has enough information about me to make actual correct assumptions about why and what I'm doing. So if we could take adapt that mindset, I think a lot of our behaviors would be different. But going back to what I was originally saying is like, if we look at who we're following, I think that's one of the things that's going to help us show up more like how we want to show up. Don't follow the people that make you feel like you're not good enough. Like we have learned through research over and over and over and over and over and over and over over again, shame is not actual actually a long-term helpful motivator. It gets us through the door sometimes, shame does, but then we feel like crap because shame's leading us. And so then we quit.
0: There's this saying of surround yourself with the people you want to be like who are better than you. So as an entrepreneur, just just being a, a devil's advocate, yeah. as an entrepreneur, I always try to find the people who are further in their career than me because I want motivation, I want tips, I wanna I want to be like that, I need to get there. And so if I'm surrounding myself with people who just wanna hang out at the beach all day, like I, that's not the same as me. So what about on social media?
1: Okay, so I actually love that because I, I believe that, but it's how do those people make you feel? Because I like that saying that's like the five people or six people closest to you are gonna be, you're gonna end up being more like them. And yeah, so how do the people make you feel? If I'm following this, like, um, oh, let's use this example. Do you mind if I use a Kim Kardashian example? No, I don't care. Okay. So there's this recent video. I haven't watched the full thing that came out about her people asking, like, what helps people be successful? And she went on this rant about how, like, people just have to work. And it's because nobody wants to work. Oh, I see Yes. I saw that. That would make me feel like crap because I work really, really, really hard, but I do not have the financial success of Kim Kardashian. Yeah. And so, and I think a lot of people that rub them the wrong way. And so it's, it's kind of like that of like, I might want to have, I personally don't want this, but I might want to have the uh, financial success and, and what some kind of success of Kim Kardashian because she has been like a trailblazer in a lot of areas and she is a smart businesswoman, I think, from what I can tell. And That made me feel bad. Looking at her social media makes me feel bad. So I don't want to follow her. But there are people like Brene Brown, for example, very simple. She is an incredible human being. She has a career very much in line with something that I would want in my future. And every time I watch a video, I hear a podcast, I read a book, I see a picture. I'm like, Oh, that feels soft. Like that feels warm or maybe that hurt because I connected to it, but I don't feel shame. I feel like connected to somebody and I feel heard and seen. And so, yes, follow people that are better than you in areas because I think that we should adopt growth mindsets and it takes us out of that like narcissism area, but don't follow people that shame you into getting where you want to go.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I love that. I think that's great advice because when I look at the women and men who I surround myself with, they are motivating. Mm -hmm. They are uplifting. Mm -hmm. They are mentoring me. And when I look at some of the people that I may have followed on Instagram, it's just like I look at it and I'm like, I'm not really getting much from you besides... I feel not so great about myself.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And that's every area. I think that's so important in career and and having like, really think it's important to have um, some role models and people to look up to, to to help us get unstuck where we might get, get stuck and also to help us know what we don't know, but also in other areas of our lives. So when I went through my recovery process, I was like, How do I want to show up in how I, how I feel confident in what I'm wearing or my ability to like choose what I want to eat versus what I think people um, would think is appropriate for me to eat. I'm also going and following people who make me feel like motivated in that area too. Like it's all aspects of my life. Um, How do I want to show up as a friend? Like all of that, Um, because all of that will rub off on us in some, some way.
0: I love that. So, what is one piece of advice you would give our listeners? Like, if they were only to leave with one thing today,
1: oh <laughs> yeah. if they
0: could only—I ask this on all of my podcasts, and I—I I try not to—to mm. to give it in advance. But if you could only give one piece of advice, what would it be?
1: Okay, let me be uh, choosy about because there's about five things that came to my head. Um, <laughs> only one. They only get one. You know, this is really <laughs> simple this is really simple. And I try to live by this as much as I can. And because I think it's very much true, is that the most important opinion that anybody will ever have about you is your own. And so if I had a room of 100 people in my office coming up to me and saying, Catherine, you're beautiful. Catherine, you're smart. Catherine, you're worthy. I think that would feel really good. But after that 100th person left, I would have to then figure out and decide if I I thought they were lying or not. And so in all of this, I, I would really encourage you to sit with yourself and really be honest. If we could take out everybody else's opinion of you, if we could take all of that out, what would you think? And work from there. like Work to better yourself and to grow and to lean into yourself from that. Because when it's all said and done, if you believe something, If I believe that I'm, I'm worthy and if I believe I'm good at my job and I believe I'm important, it doesn't mean I'm not going to feel pain when somebody says something hurtful or when a client of mine fires me or something or somebody gives me bad feedback on my podcast. It does, that doesn't mean that's not going to hurt, but it's not going to actually sit with me for the rest of my life and change what I think about myself because it's just their opinion. So I really would encourage people to sit with that. My opinion is the most important one. What would it look like in my life if I focused more on that?
0: I love that. I think that's great advice. Thank you so much yeah. for being here. Where can where can everyone find you? Well, speaking of Instagram, they,
1: <laughs> you can, <laughs> if you want to follow me, you can. My handle on Instagram is at de D E F A T T A. And then um, you can follow my podcast Instagram. My podcast is You Need Therapy Podcast. And the Instagram handle is at you need therapy podcast.
0: Great. Thank you so much. You are one badass basic bitch. I've really enjoyed today. Thank you. Oh, I had so much fun. Thank you. As always, thank you for listening. Check us out on Instagram at badass basic bitch. And thank you to saw and sign our production studio. We'll see you next week.